protests and rioting in Portland, Oregon. Other major U.S. cities have also experienced demonstrations and violence. So what's the end game? Are these just some frustrated American young people demanding equality and justice, or is something bigger at play here? Well, our next guest contends the United States is in the throes of what he says is a move towards soft totalitarianism. Author Rod Dreyer is senior editor of The American Conservative, and his latest book is Live Not By Lies, a manual for Christian dissidents. Rod, it's nice to have you with us. So let's begin with this idea of soft totalitarianism. First, what is it? Then explain why you think the United States is already moving in that direction. Well, we, there's a difference between soft totalitarianism and hard totalitarianism. The hard version is what we all think of as totalitarianism. It's George Orwell's 1984. It's the Soviet Union. It's the infliction of pain and terror on people to get them to conform. I don't think that's what we're facing. I don't think that's what's happening here. Rather, ours is going to be a more soft version where they use the infliction of economic pain and marginalization and shaming to force Christians out of the public square and to compel us to conform with left-wing ideology. Uh, and the fact that it's soft does not mean it is any less totalitarian. I know you quote Hannah uh, Arendt who after World War II published the book, The Origins of Totalitarianism. Now, at that time, she said loneliness is an everyday experience, not just for the elderly. So how has social media made us particularly young people lonely? And how is that fueling this rise of soft totalitarianism? Mm. Yeah, Hannah Arendt, uh, in trying to understand how Germany gave itself over to Nazi totalitarianism and Russia to Bolshevik totalitarianism, said that the sense of being lonely and socially alienated was the major precursor to totalitarianism. What social media has done is it has served as a sort of substitute for person-to-person -person contact. And it has made young people have extraordinary levels of depression, of, again, of alienation. And it has made them desperate for something to to solve their problem of alienation and their anxiety. I think that this is opening them up to the acceptance of a false idol that will be totalitarian, that will tell them, we can take care of all your problems, we can fix it if you will only say yes to us. That's what happened in Russia, and that's what happened in Germany, and that's what's coming here. Boy, that, that is scary now. I know when we think of totalitarianism and let's say the Russian Revolution, uh, which was really a communist one, but led to totalitarianism, we think of a violent overthrow, the murder of the czar and his family, of course, the murderous violence uh, ordered by Joseph Stalin. Now, we're seeing riots, violent protests in some American cities, but nothing like that. So how likely is it could become that, evolve into that type of violence here? Well... It could happen. In fact, some of the people I talked to for this book, uh, immigrants to the U.S. from communist countries, they say that they believe it will ultimately turn hard here because that's what the left will need to do. I think we have a long way to go before that. I think that rather we're going to see something develop in this country like the Chinese have today, the social credit system, where they monitor everything Chinese citizens do. They get all the data from their computers, from the Internet and so forth, and they assign them a rating. The, the more socially positive you are from a communist point of view, the higher your rating, the more your privileges. The lower your social credit rating is, like if you go to church, you'll get a lower rating. The more uh, the more imprisoned you are in your home, and you can't send your kids to college, and so on and so forth. 
that's the sort of thing that I believe it's coming here, that the left is going to be doing to us, and especially to Christians who are now seen as the chief obstacle to this world of progress and tolerance and anti-racism. And they already have the data. Most Americans don't realize this, but big corporations get tons and tons of data that we hand over to them ourselves through our use of computers, the Alexa, and smartphones. All it's going to take is a little bit more political will, and we're sunk. And, of course, we're seeing in this country uh, churches have been shut down. In Portland, mm -hmm. we saw at least uh, one Bible burned, churches attacked, vandalizer burned over the summer, mostly Catholic ones, I might add. Why are Christians and their churches being targeted? Because, again, we are seeing conservative Christians, not the progressive Christians who have already assimilated to the new order. Conservative Christians and their churches and institutions are seen as an obstacle to progress. If you stand against uh, LGBT rights, for example, if you stand against abortion rights, if you stand against critical race theory, you are a problem. Now, I should say that uh, all Christians ought to be against racism. We are. But critical race theory is something very different. It draws a line uh, between good and evil between the races and alienates the races and turns us against each other when we ought to be standing together. All these things are going to come down hard on Christian churches uh, who may not survive if they don't have deep confidence in their their mission, deep confidence in their Christian identity rooted in Scripture, and, and if they don't have the ability to suffer and to suffer well. This is the main lesson I got from talking to Christians in the Soviet, former Soviet Union and Soviet bloc who came through hard totalitarianism. They want American Christians to know, be ready to suffer. Can we turn the tide before soft totalitarianism seizes control? We'll have more with author Rod Dreyer in a few moments and later critical race theory and why it poses a danger to American society.